Beloved, believe not. Now, if I stopped right there, that would kind of give you the flavor of where we're going this morning with this particular message in our heart. Beloved identifies them as believers of the Lord, those who know Jesus Christ. Beloved, believe not. Most of the time, pastors are encouraging uh, individuals to put their trust and their faith in God. But there is an element in which the, the Apostle John identifies for us the necessity to be a good unbeliever. That there are times that we need to evaluate what's taking place and not believe. In spite of what uh, might be very convincing, might be uh, very emotional, there are some uh, uh, very persuasive things as far as philosophies of the world today. Very charismatic individuals and activities that take place. We need to know how to be a good unbeliever. And the, the, the place is Waco, Texas. The people are the Branch Davidians. The prophet is David Koresh. Am I speaking in a language you understand? I'm sure if you've watched your newscast at all, if you've been watching uh, any broadcast, almost morning, afternoon, and evening, they are reinforcing in our thoughts things that have taken place, tragedies, horrible tragedies that have taken place. Uh, dozens of people who have lost their lives and, in fact, perhaps their very souls because of faith. And as we look at these people, they are not short on belief. They're not short on commitment. They're not short on sincerity. These good things that become enemies of our lives rather than allies of our lives unless we know how to be good unbelievers. Unless we know how to sort through what is the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. As we think about these individuals this morning, we need to remember that they are just like us. And that they were holding Bible studies, reading from the same one you're holding in your hand right there. Not a different Bible, not some other Word of God, not some other strange translation, but the Word of God they were using for their Bible studies, the same one you're holding on your, your lap and your hand. How is it that these people will will find their way into, into a situation to embrace a man who claims to be Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Savior of the world. And uh, as you have heard them quoting from, from Revelation and some of the future prophecies and, and the, uh, the horrible devastation that will come, uh, I, I ache in my soul spirit to know that there are many, many more like them in America, our country today. How can we be good unbelievers? Beloved, believe not. There are some things we need to be trained not to believe, not to put our trust in, not to put our confidence in. Our faith needs to be in the living God and in the true word of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I think this passage gives us some help to do that. Believe not every spirit, but try the spirits where they are of God, because many 
many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. Every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And that, this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof you have heard that it, is, it shall come, and even now already is in the world. You are of God, little children, and are over, have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of air. You hear what you're tuned into. I have AM and FM on my car radio dial, and I, if, I, if I push that button that says FM, I can't listen to AM stations. And if I push it again and I get AM, I can't listen to FM stations. I hear what I am tuned into. Why do cults have such a hearing today? Because I believe that, that there are people who are tuned in to certain things, and they are they are hearing and listening certain things. We need to be sure of the station we're tuned into. If it's uh, AM or FM, I think uh, we need to push the, uh, the FM button and listen only, to, listen only to FM stations. Hear the Father's message, not the Antichrist message. So I'm advocating FM Christians this morning. Listen to the Father's message, not AM, not the Antichrist message. John is the only one to use the term Antichrist in Scripture. He is the only one to identify not only that there is a spirit, he says, of Antichrist, and there will be many, many false Christs, and then he talks about the Antichrist. So there is three different things mentioned here in Scripture, one of which is a spirit of Antichrist. Antichrist is one who comes instead of Christ. It also means one who comes against Christ. So we see the method and the means here. He comes against Christ by coming instead of Christ. Many, he said, and so it's important for us this morning to appreciate that fact. One of the things the scripture has to say is that we will live in a society that will be plagued by and polluted with false Christ. And so, beloved, believe not. We need to be trained to be good unbelievers. And the philosophies and doctrine, you see, I'm persuaded that the devil is not so much a dope pick pusher as a doctrine pusher. The devil cares about what we believe because what a man believes dictates what he will do. Believing dictates behavior. In our lives, we will behave according to what we believe, and it's important that we believe the right things because when a man believes the right things, he behaves the right way. When a man believes the wrong things, he behaves the wrong way, and so uh, doctrine and duty go very closely together, and the devil is a doctrine pusher. 
And I tell you what, he has his televangelists going 24 hours a day. And there is a, there's a doctrine, there's a philosophy that is being preached and propagated by sitcoms and soap operas that would indoctrinate us in other than the truth of God's Word. There are TV documentaries that, that, will, that will totally undermine your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Beloved, believe not. And so it's not just that CTV carries televangelism or just that once in a while Billy Graham buys time on network television to preach his gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are being hit momentarily, constantly with the doctrine of demons. We are being bombarded with, with ideas that will try to get us to accept as an alternative, acceptable lifestyle what the Bible calls an abomination in the sight of Almighty God. Now, there was only one amen, and I'm going to preach this to all of us say amen here this morning. I don't care if two million march on Washington. It doesn't make homosexuality right. And I'm going to stand to declare that the Word of God has something to say on this subject, and those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you were washed, and you were cleansed, and you were made new, a new creature in Christ Jesus. Don't you believe it? It doesn't matter what kind of legislation comes out of Washington, D.C., or what kind of charismatic uh, leadership comes from any direction. I still believe that this is what we stand for, and this is what we put our trust in, and this is what we put our belief in. Jesus Christ is the way, truth and the life. And we must rest our case on what he has to say to us regardless of the changing winds of, of direction that come from society today, they will tell us one thing. I believe what this book has to say. Beloved, believe not. Believe not. Try the spirits and see if they be of God. I believe at the same time our heart must be filled with love for every person that walks the streets of Washington, D.C. today. Jesus loves them. God help us as a church if we don't love them. I hate sin of any kind, but I love the sinner of any kind. Jesus came to save sinners of whom I am chief. And if you're looking in the mirror, you can quote that scripture, and uh, it would be true. Because I'm looking at a bunch of sinners here too. The only difference in us is that We've been saved by the grace of God. Redeemed through the blood of Jesus Christ. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The sin is to be separate from them. We know that we will not do anyone a favor by winking at their sin and saying, it's okay, you get there your way, we'll get there our way. There is only one way, and that's Jesus. No man comes to the Father but by me. And it's important that we know how not to believe. 1 John 2, 18 talks to us about the same theme, really.
Little children, it is the last hour. Some of your translations will say it that way. My King James says, little children, it is the last time. And as you have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. One of the fulfillments of prophecy. Now I know that in John's time there was some of this activity going on. And you say, well, how can it be if John was writing to his generation to say, well, it's the last time. And uh, we can get confused by what does it mean by the last days? We're living in the last days. Appreciate with me the fact that the last days is an age. It's not a time period. The fulfillment of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost came directly out of Joel. Joel's prophecy said, It shall come to pass in the last days, saith God. I will pour out of my Spirit upon all flesh. Two thousand years ago that happened on the day of Pentecost. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, there was a rushing mighty wind that came from heaven and cloven tongues like as a fire that rested upon them and they all began to speak with other tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. That was the last days. It shall come to pass in the last days, saith God. The first days was pre-Calvary. The last days are after Calvary. And we are living in the last hour of the last days. Amen. The last days is an age that began with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost and continued from that time and throughout the church age. That was a fulfillment of prophecy that happened on the day of Pentecost, not just in the 20th century, but on that day when they first received the fullness of the Spirit. That was indeed marking the last days. It's an age. It's a church age. It's not a day, it's not just a season, but it is one that began 2,000 years ago, but I believe that we can indeed identify ourselves in this passage of 1 John chapter 2, verse 18. Little children, it is the last hour of the last day, I believe, and I'm not going to establish a doctrine here, but personally I sense with what I see around me that we're living in the last hour of the last day. And if you agree, you can say amen. amen. And I believe that there are many antichrists. David Koresh just happened to be one of the many. And as I said, as I opened up, the sad thing is that we have identified one group of them, but there are dozens and dozens like them across the United States. Good, good people, good people somehow who were never taught how to not believe. We need to put our faith in what's true, but we need to know how to be good unbelievers and not believe some things, not put our trust in some things. Tragedies come from erroneous trust. We need to be sure where our faith rests because everything in the world depends on the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. There are many antichrists whereby we know that we are in the last hour. 
several things that I'd like for you to take a look at as we go back to uh, chapter 4 and look first at the danger. We've already talked about that, the danger of false prophets, the discerning of false prophets and deliverance that comes to us from false prophets or false prophecy. The danger is that there's many and uh, the proliferation of them in the last hour, we need to be fully aware that there is indeed a battle that has been going on for ages between light and darkness, between the spirit of truth and the spirit of error, and we are part of that battle. We are part of that battlefield and we are part of the army that is to, uh, to fight against the, the adversary, the enemy. Strangely enough, you can see it in the pulpit. It's not just uh, in the secular media, but in the pulpits of America today. I found these two quotes and I incorporated them in these thoughts from Washington, D.C. A clergy there said, and I quote, We liberal clergymen are no longer interested in the fundamental modern controversy about the virgin birth. We do not believe that we should even waste our time engaging in that for so far as we are concerned, it makes no difference whether Christ was born of a virgin or not. We don't bother to form an opinion about such a subject as that. I tell you what, that is the very basis and crux of, of our Christianity. Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us is a direct fulfillment of prophetic scripture. Arlington, Virginia, another member said, a minister, and I quote, we have closed our minds to such trivial considerations as the resurrection of Jesus. If you fundamentalists wish to believe that nonsense, we have no objection, but we have more important things to preach than the presence or absence of an empty tomb 20 centuries old. Can you imagine there are people sitting in churches this morning holding the same Bible you have in your hand and listening to something more important than the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Something more modern than the virgin birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Beloved, believe not. Believe not. Believe not. Believe what God's Word has to say. Put your trust and your confidence. We need to pray, Lord, heal our land. That uh, choir number was appropriate. A poll was taken of delegates to a convention of the National Council of Churches. They learned that 33% denied the existence of God. 36 expressed doubt about the deity of Christ. 31% doubted life after death. 62 questioned the miracles of the Bible. 77 denied the existence of a personal devil. Over three-fourths of those who were questioned denied that the devil even existed. It would be amazing except to know that there is indeed a danger that we face today in our country, in America. God, send a sweeping revival. Send a whole fresh wind of Pentecost that will blow through our church. Amen. Through our community, through our lives, and to know how to discern false prophets. John says, try the spirits. How do we do that? A couple helpful hints. They have uh, identification marks on their methods, on their morals, on their motives, 
on their ministry and on their message. I'm going to give this to you as quickly as I can. Jude chapter 1 is only one chapter. Uh, the fourth verse gives us some help in trying the spirits and identifying those who are not of God. Just turn to page one leaf, really, from 1 John 4 to the book of Jude. Verse 4, there are certain men crept in. That's the style. You see, liberal theology doesn't build any churches doesn't build any schools. They take advantage of existing organizations. They creep into existing structures. They don't, they don't have the power to build anything. They take over what has already been established and already built so that they target what has already come into existence through some form of fundamental truth. They don't build things. They creep into and take over things. They do not have the, the power to, to construct. They, there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this kind ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Does that sound a little bit like what we just quoted to you that's happening? Exactly. There is the, the method they creep into, they take advantage of. The, the cults will, will find some uh, Christian that's weak, just beginning, just fresh, take advantage of their faith. They don't evangelize much. They take advantage of people already who have exercised some sort of faith in something. Second Peter chapter 2 we're right close by. Just turn up, turn to the left about four or five pages. Second Peter two, two and three. Many shall follow their pernicious ways, by reason of whom the way of truth is evil spoken of. And through covetousness shall they with feign words make merchandise of you, whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. Some translations make it a little more clear, but uh, you don't really have to understand a whole lot more than they will make merchandise of you. Their motive is very easily identified if you think in terms, do they want to help me or do they want me so I can help them? Now, if you don't remember much anything else about this part of it, you can understand and at least evaluate if an individual is looking to help you or are they looking to use you to help them? Making merchandise of you. And there are there are false Christ. You see, Jesus didn't come to be ministered unto. He came to minister and give his life a ransom for many. Those who are of the nature of Jesus will come to help you. They will come to heal you. They will come to minister to you. Those who are anti-Christ or against Christ are looking to you to help them. They will fleece you, they will bilk you, they will milk you, they will take you for whatever they can in order to, to help them. So it's a very easy 
identification mark, Jesus came to help us. Those who are unlike Jesus want to use us to help themselves. Not a hard way to identify an antichrist or someone against Christ using us. And ask yourself a question, are they looking to help or are they looking to be helped? And as far as the morals are concerned, they are ungodly men, Jude said, turning the grace of God into license to sin. And uh, though God saves us by unmerited favor, by his grace, it is never a license for us to continue in sin. Jesus always challenges our sin. Now back to 1 John 4, and the message is very clear, is that Jesus has come in the flesh. Hereby we know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus has come in the flesh is not of God. Two very important doctrines for us for foundation. One is the divinity of Jesus. He was Emmanuel, God with us. We cannot compromise that doctrine. That is absolutely essential to our salvation. And the humanity of Christ. The divinity of Christ is important, but it is all, it is as much an error to say Jesus didn't come in the flesh and identify the humanity of Christ as it is to deny the deity of Christ. Jesus came flesh and blood just like you and me. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Great is the mystery of godliness. Christ manifests in the flesh. You'll find it throughout the scripture. Not only the deity of Christ, he never ceased to be God, but he limited himself totally like a human being. He took upon himself the form of a servant, became obedient unto death. And so we need to know and believe in the deity of Jesus Christ and in the humanity of Jesus Christ. God became flesh and dwelt among us. Now, anything that does not substantiate that truth is not of God. Don't believe it. Beloved, believe not. Be a good unbeliever. Stay tuned to FM. Stay tuned to the Father's message. And we hear what we are tuned into. Stay tuned to the Lord. Father, I pray you'll help us. These are days when there are Indeed, the fulfillment of prophecy. John said, in the last hour, we will know it's the last hour by many antichrists, the spirit of antichrist, that which comes against Christ, that which comes instead of Christ, that which comes claiming to be Christ. And our heart aches this morning, Lord, for nearly a hundred people at least who lost their lives, and in fact, if they put their faith in Him as their Savior, lost their soul. How great a tragedy is this. I pray, God, you'll save us from looking to charismatic individuals, 
looking to traditional activities, looking to anything more sophisticated, more updated, more modern. After all, we're in the 20th century. God, I pray, will not believe it. But we will stand by and stand on the word of the living God, no matter how the mores and morals of this society seem to swing. Right is right if no one believes it. Wrong is wrong even if everybody believes it. God, I pray you'll help us not to believe the doctrines of demons, the doctrines of the devil, but that we will put our faith firmly on the word of the living God. Oh, Father, I pray you'll help us not to be slothful about the study of your word, but that we'll study to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. For the consequences of the false faith are so tragic. And I pray that you'll save us from that kind of tragedy. Let us live in the truth, I pray in Jesus' name.